Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Live Your Raw Life podcast. Welcome to the platform where the intention is to help you live your rich, authentically aligned, wholesome life. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Watkins. Together, let's raise your vibration and awareness in order for you to live the raw life that was meant for you. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Live Your Raw Life podcast. Today, I have Tia on the show with me. I'm so glad you're here, Tia. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Tia is the founder of Ease and Grace Counseling and is a professional conscious counselor who takes a self-love approach to healing. And I'm so excited to share how I met Tia because it's just, you know, the universe puts people in our path at like the perfect time for the perfect reason. And although maybe Tia and I's journey has just begun, there is a reason why we've crossed paths. So I was working at this rock shop in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, and I had sat down to eat my lunch and I heard someone walk in and I went out to go see like and to greet them. And Tia walks in and she was just like marching in and on a mission. And I said, you look like you're on a mission. And she was like, I am. I know exactly what I want. <laughs> and she went back to the, the shelf where it, what she was looking for had been and it was sold. And so we just started talking and Tia, I think we talked for about two hours that day. Yes. <laughs> yeah we talked for a long time and it was so beautiful and I was like would you be willing to share this story on my podcast (laughs) and she graciously agreed and so I'm so grateful to have you on the show to hear your story because there are little nuggets of gold in here for many many people as things are really starting to come to light with different personalities and new language, new verbiage is starting to kind of break through. So people can really understand what it is that they're working with, who their, who their loved one perhaps is behaving at a certain moment in time, not necessarily who they are, but what is in the driver's seat as far as personalities go. And so I'm really excited to talk about this because I've definitely had some of the, this type of behavior with different people in my life. And I'm, I am quite certain that there are a number of our listeners that are going to be able to relate and agree. So before we get into the nitty gritty, would you please share a little bit about your background? You have a beautiful family history. You are not actually from the United States. So how did you end up in Colorado and get to be in Carbondale doing what you do today? Oh, great question, Rachel. So yeah, like you said, I was not born and raised in the US. Actually, my I was born and raised in the south of France. I feel very blessed that I grew up in beautiful Aix-en-Provence. Uh, my father is French and my mother is American. In the summer of 1988, at the age of 13, my family and I came to the United States for a beautiful three-week vacation to meet my American family and see where my mom grew up in Evergreen, Colorado trip ended up being a huge destination shift for me and my mother and my sister. A few days before our returning back home, our parents sat us down with our first adult family meeting to announce that they were divorcing and we were now enrolled in American school and that dad was returning back to France. Hmm. As my 13-year-old self, I have to say that that was a big transition. Adjusting to a new culture, uh, a language that I didn't speak at the time, and definitely a new family dynamic. New culture, just interesting. Uh, With only a suitcase to my name, I definitely felt like I had experienced a fire that had burned through the life I was accustomed to. Now looking back at my 46-year-old self and what I've gone through, I'm actually very, very thankful for that part of my journey because I can say that it's given me some amazing gifts, such as understanding diversity. I think it's molded me to be a more open-minded human, uh, less judgmental, so I'm thankful for that gift. Uh, It has also uh, made me bilingual 
And I love that I can circulate my knowledge of my culture and my childhood to my loved ones and to my friends and my kids. So yeah, so at the age of 13 years old, we ended up in Colorado and then we moved to Glenwood Springs. My uh, mother had a sister that lived in Glenwood. So we ended up going to school here and that's how I got in the Valley. Uh, Actually left the Valley for a while. I've been back for about eight years now and I'm just very, very thankful for the sacredness of this uh, area and the beautiful people Mm -hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. I mean, when you're 13, that is a pivotal time and like time period in our lives, especially being, well, I mean, any, any gender really, you know, 13 is like, you're a teenager, you're stepping into middle school, almost in high school. And there's already transitions going on in our physical body at that time. And so then to pile on such a drastic transition and shift uh, on top of what is already chaotic in our hormonal brain and body uh, that I could see how it could be very um, life altering to say the least. Yes. Yes. And like I said, you know, it's so interesting how you look at things from different versions of yourself. But for me as like the right here, right now, version of myself, I can see how all this stuff that played out really was in benefit to, to myself, you know, I like, I look back and I was like, wow, yeah, I did feel like a fire and it was difficult, but the holy medicine of it is I've noticed that I've become a person that's not so much attached to the materialistic stuff in life, that I have more of a sense of being able to if I have to start all over, I know how to manifest and I know how to recreate instead of being tash, attached to this forms who I am. Does that make sense? Complete sense. I love that. Yeah. Yes. So to Very be able good. to, you know, not seeing that as my 13 year old, year old self, <laughs> but now <laughs> later on realizing that that, you know, did give me some holy medicine that I experienced. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Now, one other thing, I mean, we talked, we ran the gamut that day. <laughs> we talked so much juicy so goodness. And it was so beautiful. And your mom came in and I got to meet her and she shared some really amazing stories. And it was just, uh, it was a very lovely day. I, I actually recall it quite often. And one of the stories you told me about, and this is what I'd really like to kind of dial in a little bit today, is the conversation of narcissists and narcissism, because you shared a very personal story about how you were living and in relationship with a narcissist and how that impacted not just your life, but your psyche, your overall well-being, mental, physical, emotional health. And it does, it takes a toll. And I have seen glimpses of narcissists Mm -hmm. from afar, but not, not necessarily have I lived with one or, you know, been close quarters to one where it was so deep and so personal, such as yourself. And so I'm curious if you could just, you know, maybe share a little bit about what that relationship looked like and how to recognize, like, when did you recognize seeing some of the signs as you were entangled in this, in this relationship? Yeah, that's a great question, Rachel. It's really interesting because as far as associating my ex-husband as a narcissist, seeing it that way actually took me a very long time to recognize. I had to kind of learn um, more about uh, narcissist behavior to really recognize like, wow, you know, this was definitely 
the dynamic I was in. So what I have experienced with my encounter with narcissist behavior is that it's a learned behavior, most likely rooted from their own pain and suffering. Unfortunately, instead of diving in vulnerability and connecting with their wounds, the narcissist has the tendency to choose to protect it by controlling and projecting their pain, guilt, fears onto others. It's definitely uh, difficult for uh, the other person that's on the other side of it. Definitely can say that I really experienced a lot of that dynamic. What I experienced in my personal journey, that that dynamic, what they do is they end up taking in the the person that's on the other side. So for me, I, I refer to myself as an empath. Uh, I do believe that there's a big connection between narcissists and empath. Uh, but for me, the empath in me, I took in all the responsibility and accountability of my narcissist actions. Uh, a narcissist can project their anger through major uh, levels of verbal abuse, gaslighting, and sometimes can get physical also. Uh, during that dynamic, there is a huge cost because unfortunately, both people involved in the interaction, the truth is both of those humans are truly experiencing major levels of suffering. Their narcissist, in a way, is kind of stuck in their patterning and can't access their healing. And unfortunately, the empath kind of lost their sense of self because they're being projected on and they're carrying all of it. Does that make sense, Rachel? Absolutely. It's like they, they, they project their own, their wounds, their story onto you. And as an empath, we're so sensitive and we're so, we have such a gentle and tender heart and we truly want our, our desire in life is to help and to be of service. And so the service then is unknowingly taking on their story and creating it as our own and carrying the guilt and the shame and yeah. Right. And I think that as you know, as the empath, that's, you know, for me, I, I am very thankful for being an empath. I had to learn how to navigate being a healthy empath. Right. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to learn how to be a healthy empath in the world where I can still circulate my compassion and my love, but without doing it from a place that it costs me. And also being in service to others by not playing the role of enabler. And once I started recognizing some of my, uh, my own behaviors coming from the empath in me, it was really interesting because I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like I am gifted to be an empath, but I have to learn how to do it in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to the dynamic on, you know, what got lost in a way, the empath or the person involved with the dynamic uh, usually end up what happened to me is I end up uh I lost my self-esteem. I lost my power because what I had learned is even when I was tapped into my power and when I was connected to it, a lot of times it ended up with me feeling some form of punishment. So I kind of learned how to play the role of keeping the peace. So I kind of got really good. I mastered (laughs) kind (laughs) of overriding my truth and my own experience and kind of really ended up feeling empty and alone. And I had a lot of unmet needs because I was constantly overriding or making excuses for the behavior or allowing it and not uh, holding accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and when that self-esteem and power gets lost, it takes your own self with you or with Mm -hmm. it, I should say. Right. And so one day, this is how I envision it. And I'm curious if this is kind of how you felt like one day you're just kind of like, who in the fuck am I? 
And what Mm -hmm. am I doing? And I can't go on like this. Is that sort of the placement that you came from? Oh, 100%, Rachel. I mean, yeah, I definitely at the end of the 18 years, I ended up like I didn't even know who I was anymore. I had bought into his version of me. I had lost my power, my self-esteem. Yeah, it was just um, really, really difficult. Uh, (laughs) um, And that's the thing is like in that kind of dynamic, when you're in it, you're not really totally able to see clearly when you're in it, you know, Um, because in my experience, my wounds was what was in the driver seat and my narcissist knew a lot of my wounds so it was sort of like this power where I would just totally shut down because I would feel all the all the shame they get you know it's kind of like a a mind game in a way it's like bully of the mind they know where to where your sensitive points are they know where 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 you lose your power (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you know Mm -hmm. and another thing that I found really interesting about the dynamic that I realize now that I'm seven years out is kind of like as the empath I find myself pulled in so many directions and I was still defending his behavior the narcissist behavior even though I was getting it was costing me everywhere I was turning around from other people's experience of it you know the ripple effects of it they're the of course, they were seeing things differently because they were more on the outside, not so much in. And I was still, you know, the empath in me being able to recognize my narcissist pain and where it's coming from. I still was a, I was still like, no, you don't understand. Like I was still defending the behavior. So it is, it's really interesting. It's, it's fascinating in a way to, to, to see really what it is if you really look at it from the outside, it's really two humans having my perception, of course, this is my perception, but two humans having wounds and learning how to survive them. And unfortunately, in my perception, narcissist is a learned behavior and it's a way for them to protect and not tap into their wounds. Mm-hmm. you know, to avoid the healing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And so it's could so you sh- fascinating how the narrative changes. That's another thing too. There's times I'm like, it, it felt like we were having two different experiences because the narrative kept changing. The narrative changes and they become the victim. And then you become the cause and the root of their suffering. It's like mm-hmm. gaslighting. And this can become extremely difficult to navigate because at this point, you might yourself start questioning your own sanity. Like, wow, how is it that this person is experiencing it like this? Or if I bring forward, like, this is what you said, this is what you do, or this is what you did. Then it's saying, no, you're crazy. Like, I never said this. Like, you're making things up. You're a drama queen. You're this and this and this, that. And, or you're a scared little girl, whatever it is. And then you like find yourself back into that place. And you're like, wow, maybe I am. Wow. Like maybe I am crazy. Maybe this didn't happen this way. Maybe you start questioning everything and you start embodying their perception of who you are and you buy into their projection. That's, that's the part that's really hard to overcome. Totally. You buy their story. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, would you be able to share, like, if you can kind of take us to the point where you were like, whoa, this has gotten completely out of control and I am, something has to shift. I'm done with this. And you started to move away from that. Can, can you pinpoint that and share like what that was like for you and the steps you started to take to pull yourself out. I mean, 18 years, that's nothing to shake a stick at. And that is years of conditioning then that was put on you that you had to undo. Exactly. And, you know, and honestly, you know, now that I'm more aware and more clear about narcissist behaviors, 
I can really see in my own personal journey that I have been around narcissists in different forms my whole life you know, Mm, from mm -hmm. uh, forms in my parents, forms in like some teachers, forms in some even friendship dynamics, you know what I mean? My relationship, like my, the narcissist, like lover for me, you know, was definitely the one at the end that really made me recognize because there was so much that I had lost. And like I said, I couldn't quite see that until I started my healing journey that it didn't, it wasn't rooted at, with my ex-husband, their narcissist behavior was, I was conditioned into it with my childhood, how I was brought up. And I had bought into all this conditioning and I had learned, I had learned the ways to navigate, like, you know, oh, don't, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Cause oh, this will happen. This will happen. I learned how to navigate it. And then realized that at the end, it was causing me to really not be able to access the truth of who I was. It was costing me left and right. Wasn't able to quite recognize that until I started my healing journey and started taking classes and started looking at the layers. And when I asked myself the question, like, what was it that I lost along the way in this relationship? You know what I mean? And where is my personal responsibility piece? Because it's not going to heal if I don't realize that I'm also participating in it, that my wound is still participating because the part of my wound that's believing in this. Does that make sense? A part of your wound is believing in that. Wow. That and is. And that's where the power got. That's where I would lose my power. I would start looking back at some of my uh, conflicts with my narcissist and this like that. And I would be like, well, that's where I lost my power. It started coming clear. It started coming together where I was able to access and be like, wow, I really bought into this. Or this is where, you know, even though I, I could look back and I go, oh, there was times I was really strong and I would stand up for myself and I was courageous and I would have these conflict and I would be like, no, this is truth and this and this and that. And then it was like, boom, I would lose my power because he would tap into my wounds. He would tap into a part of me that believed that, yes, I was a scared little girl or yes, I'm not worthy of love or yes, this and this and this and that. And this is where I would lose my power. Mm-hmm. So it was about really reconnecting with all of that and coming from self-love. Mm. And like yes. I said, when I look back, I go, okay, so what is it that I lost in this relationship? And it was like, well, you know, at the end of it, like you asked the question at the end of my 18 years marriage, when I left, I had completely lost my power, my voice, even though along the way, like I said before, I had found courage to stand up. For myself, I always ended up being consumed with his anger and blames that I felt completely powerless. Sure. And my sense of self, I no longer knew who I truly was because I was constantly being accused, blamed or shamed that I had bought into all of it. And I would at the end apologize for things that I was like, why am I the one apologizing? Like, like this boundary just crossed my dignity, like the dignity was crossed. Like there's no respect here. And I'm still the one trying to clean it up and making excuses. And I mean, it's such an, an interesting dynamic. Uh, my self-esteem at that time was, I did not feel worthy at all. Uh, I had a hundred percent bought into his version of me. Mm. I had completely lost connection with the truth of who I was. Completely. Um, and Tia, and a sense of safety. Yeah, that was a big one for me. Um, it took mm-hmm. me a really long time to recover that. It's really interesting because I've noticed it even in my body that there's times that I just have a very sensitive body, you know what I mean? Based mm-hmm. on like what I've experienced. And it was really hard for me to uh, gain trust again. You know, I was really operating from a place of like, 
uh, what happens next, you know, uh, am I going to get hit with another consequence? Am I going to get hit with another curveball? Am I going to have to fix another explosion that he just got dropped in the living room? And uh, I have to take care of all the, uh, the responsibility and accountability piece. Right. Well, and two, when we lose trust in ourselves, and if you're in that position where you're looking at yourself, you're like, okay, I don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that I can use my voice. Mm-hmm. I am the way I see this is like a puddle on the floor. Like, and now I have to pick myself up and put myself back together, but I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like I can trust any decision that I'm going to make because you know, along the way, I'm sure lots of decisions were made by you and Mm -hmm. they were met with that was stupid or why would you do that? Or look at what you've done and et cetera, et cetera. So you're like, now you have to learn to truly stand on your own and put yourself back together. And I can see through our conversations, because we have gotten together outside of that first meeting that yes, yeah, you stand in your being very beautifully. You Thank stand you. in your power and you can share this story today with such courage and strength that I think there's a lot of people out there that are going to be able, I I don't think, let me rephrase that. I trust and know there are Mm -hmm. people out there that are going to be able to look to you for guidance to get out of a situation that they're in, that they maybe see no other way out. So on that note, if you would, if you have someone that's feeling like, wow, I really resonate with what Tia is saying, and I am in that situation right now, what piece of advice or even suggestions would you offer them thinking back of how you were able to overcome? Oh, wow. There's so many. (laughs) (laughs) Like, ah. Like I said, yeah, I think that honestly, you have to realize, and and it took me a while to understand this, but we have everything that we need within. And unfortunately, we're being conditioned, my perception, of course, in our society that um, everything that we need is on the outside, our resources, this and this and that is all gained from the outside. When really the truth is that it's an inside job and all of the resources are available. Um, It's just about reconnecting with the truth of who you are and your power. Mm -hmm. And like I said, when I look back at how deep it got for me, because it did get super, super deep, I can recognize that how deep my pain and my suffering and the dark times I went through Um, Now that I've done the work and being on the other side, you can see that the uh, it's the same level. So how deep your pain is, is also the same of how your holy medicine is. And that's like the beauty of it. You know what I mean? And, and it's about self-forgiving. Like I said, this marriage for me, it had affected me in every single level, emotionally, mentally physically and financially. When I left, I had, I was completely lost. I felt completely lost. I knew that I had reached a point in my dynamic that it was no longer sustainable and I had to, and it had become super toxic. I think that that's when I knew it was time when I was able to recognize all the ripple effects and all the, the cost and how the people that were around me was also being caught in the unhealthy environment my two children. So it was like, it was coming from this place of recognizing the roles that we both participate in me and my ex-husband and the ripple effect it had on our loved ones, especially, like I said, my children who were caught in the unhealthy environment, it was time for me to take my power back. And it was time for me to recognize that I had allowed another person to be in control of my experience because of my own wounds and my own questioning of self-worth 
and my own questioning of my capacity, I had put all my power and trust into someone else. And they were the one that were in the driver's seat of my experience. And because of that, I ended up in situations that were not so pleasant. But I had to recognize that I had said yes, because I chose not to look at my stuff and I was no longer in the driver's seat. So I realized, okay, Tia, you're at a sense of urgency. It's time to leave. So I chose to practice trusting again. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to buy into the scarcity that I don't have enough money or I don't have this. I don't have that. Because at the time I really had nothing. I literally got into a van uh, with my dog and my cat and my kids. Uh, I had to rent a vehicle because my, my, my vehicle that I had, uh, my ex-husband just uh, got it in another DUI and destroyed the vehicle. So I had lost that too. And it was just like, it's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to say yes to something different. So I rented Mm. the van. I got the kids. I got the dog. I got the cat. And I said, uh, yeah, I am now going to overcome my fears. I am going to tap into my strengths. And I'm going to say hello to a new way of being. And I left. Mm. So like you said, what advice would I offer to someone that's finding themselves in a similar experience? It would be, you have to recognize to trust yourself. You have to learn how to self-forgive. That was one of my biggest ones. My biggest one was I carried a lot of guilt and shame in realizing that the choices that I made or staying in the relationship as long as I did, I can see the ripple effect. I can see the suffering. I can see what I had role model to my children. And I had to embark in this like healing journey, but coming from a place of like, I'm going to take excellent care of myself and I'm not going to come from a place of like judgment, but I'm going to come from a place of being my, my best friend and understanding where I was coming from, what was in the driver's seat, my wounds, and take ownership and start doing the work. And when Um, we become our best friend, that is the highest level of self-love that there is. mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you heard of this amazing new granola that's on the shelves? This granola is forage granola. So many of you have listened to episode 84 of the Live Your Raw Life podcast, where I was so honored to be able to interview Parker from Forage Granola. And we had such a beautiful conversation about all things mushrooms. So I was in search of a new granola. And my husband says to me one night, Rachel, look at there's a mushroom granola. Do you want to order it? And I was like, what are the flavors? And he reads them off to me. And I was like, ah, I don't know which one to choose. And he was like, let's get them all. And I thought that's a great idea. So we ordered up the bundle and it was literally love at first bite. It was just the perfect blend. It is crispy, not hard, like it doesn't cut up your mouth crunchy. And it checked all the boxes of everything that I was looking for in a granola. It was super low in sugar. It was made with actual clean ingredients that I can pronounce on the back of the ingredients label. And as a bonus, it contains adaptogenetic benefits, giving people more energy and focus. Personally, I experienced, yes, an increased energy level, yes, a heightened focus, but I also received a calmer peace of mind. And for me, who has a very busy brain, that was exactly what I was needing. I was so excited. Now, there are three different flavors to the forage granola, vanilla almond, sunflower seed cacao, and my favorite, original cinnamon. You can get your own forage granola into your pantry today with this exclusive discount code. It is LIVERAW15. That is L-I-V-E-R-A-W-1-5 for 15% off any purchase besides subscriptions. Again, that's LIVERAW15. 
L-I-V-E-R-A-W-1-5 for 15% off. Get the forage granola into your pantry today. And like I said, I started learning how to practice like, because I would question myself in the past. I would question myself all the time because uh, I had lost so much of my power and my self-esteem. And I would be like, how do I know that I'm making the right decision? How do I know what it tr- what truth looks like? You know, because I had bought the story that I was insane at the time. And I started recognizing, I was like, wow, if I ask myself a question, if it's coming from truth, it feels completely light in the body. Mm, mm, but mm. when it's coming from like all that ev- other stuff, it's like, oh, this feels really heavy. And it was mm-hmm. like, oh, because it's probably not coming from truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very <laughs> and, dense. That's how I say yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had to practice gentleness Uh it's about allowing ourselves to accept that we did the best we could with what we had. That was one of the uh, really great tool that really helped me overcome a lot of stuff moving forward was this place of like non-judgment, but this place of compassion where I was able to, to be like vulnerable and say, Hey, you know, the truth is that my intentions were good. Um, and I did do the best that I could with what I had at the time, but now I'm making new agreements with myself and my loved ones. Now I'm learning how to say, I am available for this and I am not available for that. I want to experience joy and respect and um, being able to speak my truth and being able to um, say, this is this is what my unmet needs look like. Like I want to feel respected. I want to feel appreciated. I want to feel recognized. Um, but not come from the place of like attack or force, but come from a place of learning how to like stand in it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Thank you and for like, sharing that. Yeah. And like I said, you know, earlier too, another one was, and I know I keep bringing that forward, but I know for a fact that in the seven years of my healing journey, that's really what I embarked in. You know, I had to say, okay, Tia, yeah, it'd be really easy for me to blame all of my suffering onto all my narcissists in my life. <laughs> but right. that's, that's not really going to be in service because the truth is that I want to experience something different. And the truth is that there's a part of me in the past that was magnetic to that dynamic. And how is it, what can I do to make sure that I don't magnet it as much? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when I was like, okay, it's time to tap into my own wounds. It's time for me to realize the belief systems that I'm listening to. Uh, what are the distorted perceptions of myself that I've been listening to and believing in? And are they really in service to me? Is it really in service to me to think that I'm lacking this or something's wrong with me or I'm not worthy of love? Is it time for me to clean it up? Is it time for me to role model to my children what healthy relationship looks like? Mm-hmm. What uh, responsibility and accountability looks like? Um, instead of coming from you know role modeling like what I had done in the past you know, overriding my truth and popping out and making excuses. It was like, no, it's time for me to, to do some cleaning up, you know, some cleaning up um, where what was once the access for the narcissist to obtain his power in me, it was no longer available because I was cleaning up the wound. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So what used to put me at an allergic reaction to a 10, when he would say certain things, I would go sh- straight to a 10 because it was his access to get me to that place. Now it, it doesn't have effect over me anymore because I have taken the time to look at the wound and clean it up. It was about operating from a new way of being, you know, a place of trust, learning how to set new boundaries 
and come from a place of power versus what I had been functioning in the past, which was powerlessness and scarcity. So it's about practicing new muscles when dealing with any form of any kind of narcissist behaviors, because it's in our society. It's almost in my perception, kind of like reinforcing our society. Um, So we have to like learn how to be like, okay, you know, like I'm no longer going to buy into these threats or these projections, these angers. Like I actually have the tools to be able to say, like, I can create an armor and I can protect myself. And, and this dynamic, whether it's with a boss or whether it's with a, a parent or whether it's with a child or whether it's with a, uh, uh, my partner, you know, I can say, okay, I still have the tools to take excellent care of myself when I have to engage in this, in this dynamic. I can be free to up out from a conflict. I can learn how to like listen to whatever it is they're projecting on without having it be absorbed through my body and my mind. I can still in my head, even though I might be in this conflict, go like, well, that's his perception. Doesn't mean that's hundred percent accurate. <laughs> right. Yes. And I will, if we could, I'd like to talk about boundaries for a second because you met, you just, you just touched on it and I, I just see boundaries as something that are, it's so essential to have them in place and actually follow through with them ourselves. You know, it's Mm -hmm. one thing, I think when you're coming out of a situation like that, okay, you put up a boundary, but that person is not used to you having these boundaries. And when you put them there, they don't like it. It really, it makes them very, very mad and they cross them. And so did you experience that where you put up a boundary and it was disrespected and it was crossed? And if you did, how did you navigate that? Oh, that's another great question. Yes. I still someday still experience that. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Um, It's a a constant work in practice for sure. Well, I think, you know, honestly, I think there's so many levels of it. I think there's so many things that plays out because I think even like old paradigm conditioning, you know, if you're brought up in a certain family dynamic, you play into certain roles, you learn how to like keep the peace or you learn how to override. Like there's so many things that we end up learning in our own personal uh, journey, right? Where we realize like, oh, wow, I really didn't hold this boundary or or this and this and that. Um, so yeah, the boundary thing, honestly, was it was really hard for me to recover. I used the word recover because I realized that when I was in this dynamic for so long, I kind of role modeled the people that are around me, especially my children, um, you know, not healthy stuff, you know what I mean? Like where I was not role modeling, modeling like, what healthy boundaries look like. And also my partner was also role modeling different behaviors and being in the environment, I noticed little pieces here and there that was showing back up in the people that were in that dynamic, like my children. And as I started doing my healing process, I sort of realized like, wow, I'm having an allergic reaction to this. Like my daughter's displaying this and it's activating me to a 10. Why is that? Like, she's not you know, it's not her intention to make me feel that way. And that's when I had to realize like, wow, you know, I have to make new agreements with people that are in my life because I'm not operating from the same place anymore. Mm -hmm. So what I used to accept in the past, what I kind of let people get away with in a way, or what I allow people to treat me as I started healing, cleaning the wound, I started realizing like, I don't want to be treated this way. I'm not saying yes to this anymore. I take full responsibility that in the past, there was a part of me that said yes to this. Yes. And I take full responsibility and accountability that I will model a different way of being. And now I'm responsible to hold my new set of of boundaries and to articulate to the people that are still in my life, like, this is my new agreement with you. This is my new agreement. Mm -hmm. In the past, I allowed this, but the truth is it cost me suffering, cost me this and this and that. I want a new approach. 
this is not aligned with me. This approach doesn't work for me. It makes me feel this way and this way and that way. Can we come up with a new agreement? Can we learn new ways of doing things that's coming from the higher level of frequency that's coming from the loving where we both can get our needs met with respect and compassion Mm -hmm. and love, not from another place. It doesn't feel as good. Does that make sense? Makes complete sense. And would you agree, Tia, that when we come from that high vibrational space and we say that, we, we, we verbalize it, if there is someone who is not listening, does not respect what we're saying, doesn't agree, gets upset, whatever, that they perhaps may be not aligned with your true self, or if you want to call it your new self. Mm -hmm. And that some people in those cases move on from your life, like they served a purpose at the time. But as you've transformed, and you've grown, and you've healed, and you've expanded, they no longer fit the new person that you have become. Would you say that that's true? Yes, yes. I mean, I definitely will say that along the way, as I started, like you say, connecting with my new self and my new way of being. uh, Yeah, there was some challenging uh, times. I definitely felt like there were some friendships that I thought were stronger that didn't really understand um, my new way of being or my or my new role or my new boundaries. Because that's another thing too, you have to understand, especially as an empath, we do have tendencies because we are so understanding and we see things a little bit clearer and we see that as humans, we function a certain way, but it's not a representation of who we are. It's a representation of our wounds. And I believe my perception that that's the gift of an empath. The gift of the empath is that we have the capacity to see like, wow, like this is a beautiful person that along the way, bought into the story, got lost, got hurt, and learned ways to protect themselves, even though that behavior is costly to themselves mm-hmm. and to the loved ones around. Yeah, you just, you know, you have to learn how to um, opt out. That's the one thing that I had to learn to do is like, I had to learn to realize that some of these behaviors or the way people were reacting to my, my, my new boundaries, it was because they were resisting the fact that their needs were not, their needs were not being met anymore because in a way I was enabling without realizing for me, it was like, Oh, I'm just giving unconditional love. And it was like, yeah, but I'm kind of enabling because I'm not letting them feel their suffering because I'm taking on the accountability and the responsibility. So they're not learning the lessons. I'm not in service to myself in this dynamic and I'm not in service to them. Right, exactly. Yes. And, that's and that's where it. learning the healthy boundaries were helpful. You know what I mean? For myself mm. and even others. Because it's like I could still circulate loving and coming from compassion, but not at a cost to me. Yes. Mm. Well said. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So Thank you've you. done the work, Tia, and the work is not easy and it doesn't end. The work is constant and yes. <laughs> you, right. I, and I, but I love it. I love the work because it just opens the door to new opportunities at every corner. And it really is beautiful. Initially, is it beautiful? I wouldn't say that. <laughs> is it necessary? Yes. Because what's on the other side. And I think this is, I actually was having this conversation the other day we get comfortable in the uncomfortableness of our fears and our worries and our stressors that we are not even able to comprehend that on the other side of those fears and stressors and worries is something so much more beautiful and magical than we could ever imagine. And so when you had, you know, you went in and you, took the classes and went through the courses and you met the perfect people that allowed you to truly heal at a core level. Yeah. 
you have now like stepped back into alignment with your soul, your spirit, your mission, your life's purpose, what you are on this planet to do. So what do you do now? So what I do now is I am a professional uh, conscious counselor and I teach a lot of healing classes where I recognize that what I've gone through was a hundred percent in service to myself. And I think to everybody that has been in my journey and I can recognize that the truth is that yes, we can course correct. We can upgrade. We can learn a new way of being at any time in our life. It doesn't matter where you're at or how old you are, it is available to all of us. We are not supposed to be experiencing suffering, you know, heaven on earth and joy and, and love and connection and, and healthy relationships are available. It's just about tapping into the stuff that's interfering And like I said, I did layers and layers and layers of it. And now I can see my holy medicine and I'm realizing that I do, I am a healer and I'm able to help others learn new tools to experience more joy in their life and, 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 um, learn how to, not come from judgment, but come from self-love and self-forgiving and clean up the things that limit, limits us. So yes, I am a, a, a professional counselor and I have my own website and I teach classes like how do you recover your power? I teach classes on how do you recognize your pain body and your curriculum? Also teach classes from like How do you know what a yes look like? That's kind of like what we tapped in into before when I started really realizing like, oh, wow, this is feels light in the body. This feels like learning how to reconnect with your inner compass, because the truth is we all have an inner compass. We just uh, along the way sometimes get uh, lost and disconnected. Teach a class on power versus force, which is about the map consciousness. What I really want to do, what I am doing in my work, is uh, I work with individuals, couples, children. Um, I help client recognize that at any point in, in your journey, you are free to course correct and experience a new way of being. You can be the author of your own experience. That one was very important for me. Very, very important for me. It took me a long time to get there. But once I started making my own decision and being in the driver's seat, amazing what I was experiencing. Freedom is a destination that is available to all of us. I think sometimes we lose that. I think sometimes there's a part of us or wound itself that buys into the story that I'm not not going to experience this level of freedom or this level of financial abundance, or I'm not going to be able to experience a healthy relationship because I don't have this and this and that. It's like, well, that's one way of looking at it, but is it truly accurate? No, it's not. It's your wounds that are telling you that. It's not true. We all, as humans, deserve love, compassion, and healthy relationship to be recognized and respected, appreciated, and loved. It's available for all of us. Uh, So it's just about cleaning that stuff that's interfering us from connecting with that experience. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing. Like I said, it's really amazing. I love what I do. I love being able to use all of what I've experienced and circulate it. Mm -hmm. And that's just it. When we go through our, when we go through our healing journeys, if we keep it with us, we do a disservice to humanity because we can all learn from each other. And that's part of my intention for having the podcast and having beautiful guests on such as yourself is to really share these stories because there are people out there that are going to resonate with this and like, wow, and connect with you as a result of that so that they can get out of the thumb Mm -hmm. of that narcissistic behavior or person or 
whatever, in whatever way that shows up in their life, whether it's a relationship of a partner or a boss or a friend or whatever the case is. Yeah, it's so critical. And so I'm just so grateful that you shared your story today. And I really love that you have the option of working with someone, whether it's one-on-one or with the family unit, because as you talked about through your story, the whole family is affected by that behavior. Yes, 100%. And that's another thing, too, is I realized, like I said, as I started doing all of my healing, uh, it was almost like peeling an onion. Mm. It was like, wow, that's one layer of it. You know, that's, and mm-hmm. that's another layer of it. And that's another layer of it. And like I said, and then really realizing the ripple effect and realizing the role that I played in my childhood and the way my little girl inside learn how to protect herself through this behavior or through this enabling or through this and this and that. And then recognizing, you know, even with my own children, it's like, oh, wow, you know, like, yeah, and their dynamic and what their experience is going to be easy for them, the wounded self for them to buy into the story that their father don't love them or this and this and this and that When really sometimes it's not even as personal as it feels. Because it's about me wounds right so it's like learning these tools of saying like can I 100% accurately know that this is how really this person feels about me or is it their wounds Mm -hmm. and what they've learned to protect themselves that's saying what it's saying you know what I mean Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like reaching this place of like learning how to, in a way, say, maybe this is not as personal as it actually feels, or maybe this is not completely as accurate, even though my experience or my ego or whatever can give you all the examples that says, well, this means it's truth. Is it though? Right. Mm, Well said. And as you start cleaning up your wounds and you start realizing and having more clarity, you realize like, oh, wow, like, oh, you know, it's, it, it, it becomes more clear as you start peeling the layers. Yes. And then you're able to recognize yourself again, to bring this full circle from where we started, how you're the puddle on the floor, like who the hell am I and what am I doing to, wow, this is who I am. And you can then start to see where you were pulled from that alignment of your true self and where you started to come back and anchor in. And it, it's really, it's beautiful. It sucks at the moment. But, you know, Rachel, one of my favorite things to tell to my clients all the time when I hear the limitations, you know, in the form of like, but I can't do this or I can't or this sounds hard. I always try to help them recognize like, honey, you've already mastered hard. Look at what you've already experienced. <laughs> yes, you, you've already mastered it. You already know how strong you are. Look at what you've overcome. Look at what you experienced. The difference in this one, yes, it can, it can seem challenging. And yes, there's going to be some, you know, some um, uphill, right? <laughs> but, but the one thing that's guaranteed that you're going to have going in the the healing route is that what you're investing is never going to be taken away from you mm-hmm. it will never be taken away from you yeah there it's is a reward there's a reward and there's a light mm-hmm. in the end of the tunnel there is you know and in our past experiences when we're in a dynamic you know our rewards we're taken away, we were punished, whatever it is, whatever it is that we experience. But when you really are dedicated and you're coming from a place of I'm taking full responsibility, I'm taking accountability here, I'm upgrading, I'm course correcting, I'm self-forgiving. It's it's magical. There's no 
awards to it. It's freedom. It's, it's full on freedom. Total freedom. Yes. You know, and it's available to all of us. And like I said, I'm going to keep bringing forward that the self-forgiveness piece is huge. Mm -hmm. I forgive myself for buying into this misperception because the truth is, or I forgive myself for this, this, and this, and that, because I did the best that I could. And now moving forward, I'm learning this, this, and this, and that. Come from compassion. Be your best friend. That's where the healing is. Absolutely. So Tia, where can our listeners find you? Okay. So I do have a website. Uh, it is called ease and grace. Cause that's my favorite line in the world. <laughs> uh, ease and grace dot online. So it is uh, e capital and everything else is all together dot online. Uh, and then I also have an email address and that's also going to be ease and grace counseling at gmail.com. Um, and it's uh, E also capitalized. Like I said, please feel free, anyone, to shoot me an email. If you have any questions about any of the classes that I teach or any clarification about some of the verbiage or things that I brought forward in the podcast, I would love to hear from you guys and answer anything uh, or even circulate any guidance or tools that I can help. Because like I said, for me, this podcast was very important because The truth is that I want everyone to realize that uh, freedom is available to all of us and that we can experience something different at any time and that there Mm -hmm. are people out there and there are tools out there and there are holistic approach out there that really can do miracles and change your life. So you can experience a more fulfilling, 5D, joyful, loving life. Yes, I love it. And I will include those links in the, in the show notes so our listeners can have easy access to you, Tia. And I have one final question. It's so interesting, the answers I've been getting lately when I ask this question. So do you feel you are living your rich, authentically aligned, wholesome life? Wow. Yes. I'm like, literally, as you asked me this question, having goosebumps through how my whole body, because I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful for all that I've experienced in my life and for all the people that have participated in my journey. Uh, yes, 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 yes. I having an, I, I am, I am, I can say truthfully that right here, right now at this moment in my life, I am truly experiencing a rich, authentically aligned, wholesome life. I can see now very clearly all the amazing hidden gems that were along the way along my journey, you know, my path, like I said, it, it did have some detours. It had some challenging hikes, <laughs> but all of those were all in service to, to my upgrading, to my embodiment, to my connection, to my better version of myself. And I'm so mm-hmm. thankful, like I say, for every body, all the messages, all the people that participate in it and, they're, and that are going to continue to participate in this life. Um, yes. I am living my life from a place of trust freedom. And uh, I love the fact that I could give myself permission to make mistakes and not like punish myself and just be like, Hey, I'm human. I make a mistake. You know, I give myself permission. Uh, I give my, you know, I learn how to forgive myself. I've learned how to course correct. Even with the kids, it's kind of funny in parenting at times I will react a certain way. And then I will literally ask for a do over like, uh, excuse me, hold on a second. Let's, 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 Let's cor- let, may I have permission to course correct here? This doesn't resonate. I feel like I could handle this differently, you know? And then that just like, it, it's, so, it's so, so amazing, some of these tools and how much they help. Uh, I just love circulating laughter and love and support and guidance and to role model to anyone that's around me uh, that we are the author of our own journey. Yes. Oh. That is such a beautiful way to end this week's podcast. We are the <laughs> author of our own journeys. So well you know, said. We are. It's like, we are. We are. That's the amazing piece. And, and, and that's the thing that's beautiful about the classes that I enrolled in and the classes that I now teach is that it teaches you how to 
clean up some of that stuff so you can really realize how much control you actually have in your experience. Absolutely. Instead of them buying into the scarcity, like, I can't, I don't, da, 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 da. It's like, no, it's all within. You're not lacking it. It's there. You might have been disconnected with it, but you can always reconnect. <laughs> yes, yes. And you'll get it back. And it's coming back because you started asking the questions, because you reached out, because you, and that this is another thing that's hard for people is asking for help. And so that really is the first step is like, I need help with this. Where can I learn? Where can I grow? And Tia, you are a great North star for people in that world. And in that way, you just. Thank you, Rachel. Yes. You you know, I also want to bring forward to all the listeners out there, you know, give yourself some self-recognition, you know, when you are taking the steps, when you are in those dynamic where you feel powerless, when you're buying into the stories, recognize the courage, you know, because it is a reflection of your courage. You've made it this far because you're weak, not because you're not worthy. It's a reflection of actually how powerful and strong you are. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to recognize. And that's what you have to tap into. You know what I mean? And recognize when you did stand up to your bully of the mind or narcissist or whatever you want to call it. When you, when you did that, you know what I mean? It's a reflection of your inner power mm-hmm. and recognize your courage and your strength. Absolutely. Well said. Tia, thank you so much for being on the show. This was thank such you for a, having me, Rachel. Oh my goodness. It's my pleasure. It was so enlightening and it was such an important topic because there are a lot of people that are dealing with these types of behaviors and they're looking at themselves going, like you said, you know, that feeling of being lost or am I, I feel like it's almost like, am I in the twilight zone? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And we're playing groundhogs day over and over. It's just either a different yes. scenario <laughs> or right. And so to get out of that, and you are such a beautiful, beautiful bright light for people to begin their uh, and move through their healing journey. So I am so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rachel. Heal yourself, heal the world. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you are listening on YouTube or any other podcast platform, I greatly appreciate your support. If something in this episode resonated with you, please like and subscribe to the Live Your Raw Life channel or podcast and leave a review while you're there. Your time, energy, and support is greatly appreciated. Sending light love and positive energy your way. We'll see you next week.